everybody, it's me, Jules, and you're listening to Chapter 2, Episode 12 of The Fate of Ison. Thanks for checking us out. You're kind of great like that. A big shout out to our supporters over on Patreon, Alex White Robinson, Person Who Wants to Stay Anonymous, Robert Baldino, Irene Cucci, Laura Christine Goodwin, and James Blessed. You're the best, and not just like the regular best. You are the super best. It's a real thing I didn't just make up. Anyway, we've got another sweet review on Apple Podcasts this week. BFT117 from the USA says, I just finished the first episode and love the characters. I can't wait to find out what happens. Thanks for the really great review, considering you've only just watched the first episode, and that's when we're a bit weird. I hope you keep enjoying the show and those awesome, slightly emotionally damaged characters. We're just going to crack on with the show right now. Are you ready? Because here's the recap. The Grimlocks that attacked Sorm snatched up Trestlesburn, calling him a naughty gnome as they fled back into the Brugian wood. The Squadith followed and found a tunnel leading southward beneath the ground. They recovered Trestlesburn, fought some Grimlocks and a Hellhound, and then continued through the tunnel towards Hadet only knows what. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, just a quick recap for um, anyone who's forgotten what happened five minutes ago. <laughs> Not for us, you idiots, for our listeners. Oh, no, Oliver smokes a lot of weed, so. And drinks a lot That's of whiskey. Untrue. That is an untrue statement. I smoke an ungodly amount of weed. <laughs> a lot doesn't do it justice. Um,. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, after the attack, after the attack on Sorm, uh, Trestlespoon was carried away by two Grimlocks who um, told him in Undercommon that he's a naughty gnome and needs to go back to his masters. Mm-hmm. Um, they dragged him into a tunnel beneath the earth, and the Squadith followed him. Uh, they fought first the Grimlocks and rescued him, and then further down the tunnel, they or quite quite a bit further down the tunnel, they um, encountered a hellhound, the one remaining hellhound that left the attack on Sorm, and they killed that, but not before it was able to damage them quite severely with a fireball. Um, and they are now standing in the aftermath of that fight. Trestlespoon has just uh, regaled us with his amazing um, I killed it one-liner of... Mm-hmm. Oh, fair dinkum! Uh, for Baton. <laughs> Good memory. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cool. So, yeah, the tunnel falls quiet again um, and back to dark. What do you do? Well, Fadan's definitely going to uh, attempt to pop out of the um, the grapple and have a sit down. Oh, yeah, Banter's uh, still sort of leaning up against the, the side of the tunnel. He, and he's released from the cuddle. Was it what kind of? Was it a good, like a, a good cuddle? It was like a um, you know, when you're crying and your uncle like picks you up real rough and tells you to find your fucking nuts, <laughs> and then gives you a fucking real good shake and puts you down. Uh-huh. It's like that experience that we've all oh, had. Oh, so like so seventies parenting then? Mm. Oh, like real parenting. <laughs> like, oh, like are you going to be a pussy your whole fucking life? Totally have. <laughs> yeah, normal and healthy. Cuddle doesn't seem like the word for that. Oh no, that's how he cuddles. 
Oh, okay. Banful, that's how Banful cuddles. That's the nicest interaction you've had with him. So Fidan escapes from the headlock. <laughs> and moves over to the side of the tunnel to try to breathe for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, scrabbling a little bit away from the hellhound as he does so. Yeah, it's just been... a, it's just a corpse. Trestle's We've been, been in this hot. tunnel for hours. What direction <laughs> did we even go? The uh, yeah. the hellhound <laughs> way. Shit. Let's just let's just keep going the the same way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Dresselspoon keeps going the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Leading the charge. Cool. Um, you guys keep walking, um, and after another few hours, and so it feels like you've been in this tunnel for almost the entire day at this point. Um, you don't know if it's light or dark above, but you get the impression that it's probably in sometime in the evening. Um, about and how then, long would you say? Um, about mm-hmm. uh, nine or ten hours. Mm-hmm. I can't see anymore, so I'm going to light talks. Cool. You have no more carrots. None that I want to spend. Ah. I have to um, you reach um, a point where the tunnel forks in two directions. Um, so it looks like maybe um, a uh, an alternate path was made by another bullet at some point. Or maybe um, two bullets were digging together and then they parted ways. You're not sure, but you can either go left, like a hard left, or a hard right. Um, can I try and track them? Because they're my favourite. Uh, yep. Roll a survival check. Cool. I get advantage. Yeah. <laughs> That's a 16. Thank you. Hang on. Sorry, I was chewing. Um... You, yeah, you see that um, there are a number of um, like footprints, very faint footprints in the dirt, or like like not even fully formed footprints, like just um, disturbances in the dirt that look like they head towards where you are from the left. Like so, okay. the things that are, so the things that attacked Swarm came from that path. Okay. And they I never, bas- they never made it back because you killed them all. Yeah. <laughs> so I basically stand up and I'm like, they came from this way. Let's go. And I just walk down that path with absolute confidence. Uh, Banfor fumbles in the dark for uh, a, a tiny hand to guide him. Trusselspoon offers a tiny guiding hand. It's his own. <laughs> Badan's going to jam one torch into the crossroads on the um, the side of the tunnel that's he- heading back towards where they came from. Um, light another torch off that and then follow at like 20, 30 feet behind them. Nice. Good thinking. I, I'm, uh, um... along, along the way, Banfor will uh, pull uh, two torches from his pack, uh, light them off of Fadan's, uh torch. And uh, attach them to his 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 pauldrons. Mm. Nice. What's the um, condition I, I... of your of your mice? Uh, they're hanging out. They're, they're pretty much asleep at this point. It's dark, you know. Mm. 
Um, they've, they've had a glut of a time. Frankly, they feasted too much on the boule, and uh, and have and have pretty much just cut themselves out. Covered them mm. woke up uh, to the rustling. Uh, that was my slaughter of several Grimlocks. Um, but it's actually a religious holiday, um, <laughs> so they're actually. Um, it, it's it's an odd thing where they have to um, stay the whole night in their uh, in their in their homes. So uh, it's kind of like Passover, um, uh-huh. where the evil are, uh, are are destroyed by the shrouding, um, which unbeknownst <laughs> to them was me just scraping shit off my armor. Um, mm-hmm. So they all stay in until until the night has passed. But as we've descended into a cave, um, they think that it's what they refer to as the long night. Uh, any any readers of Warhammer 40k lore will recognise this scenario. Can Thank we you. please call this holiday? <laughs> can we please call this holiday Mouseover? Uh, it is definitely called Squeaksover. Okay. But... <laughs> um. Cool. In the in the darkness and from ahead of you, Marley goes heads up, everybody, and apples come flying towards you guys. Like in the in the what? air or rolling? Yeah, because I'm throwing, throwing them. I'm throwing them back over my shoulder to like give everybody an apple to munch on for the, for the trip. Dresselspoon catches one and eats it, and it's is it delicious? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were asking, thought you were Sorry, asking the just, person uh, who, who my partner making fruit toast. Oh. <laughs> um, yes, it's a delicious apple. Uh, you went off for apples for a while, Trestle Spoon, uh, after your experience throwing them up after your boulette fight. Oh. Um, yeah. But but now you're back on the apple train, man. Okay, good. You said no to an apple, and we all really worried about you. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. Dark times. Yeah, you would <laughs> be back. <laughs> It's almost as if you were be, you were possessed by a completely different person. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> Interesting. Did I have suddenly like bananas too much? Really no, but you, you became a huge jackfruit fan. Oh, really? <laughs> That's not canon. My God, no, I was possessed by something. Um, cool. So you guys have a little apple snack. Um, as you journey and then you start to get very tired like you really feel like it must be nightfall up above um, either that or just the darkness is kind of playing tricks on you and, and messing with your uh, circadian rhythm um, what do you guys do about that uh, I can prepare us another hut if you guys want to try to get some rest yeah, I mean, maybe a long rest would be good. I mean, I could go for a long rest. I'm pretty pooped. Plus, nothing's trying to fight us at the moment, so I'm pretty bored. Yeah, and that would I'm save me setting up my tech. Worried about what? Um, I'm, I'm quite worried about the people in the village. They were... The, the, large parts of the village were on fire when we left, and a lot of people have been killed. Yeah, they'll be fine, and there's no one else coming to attack them. We'd know they'd be coming past us. I think possibly the troll actually came out of here. While I was stumbling around in the forest before I found where you'd went, um, I heard your song. Um, I came across where where we fought the troll, and it, I followed its trail back to the cave that you were in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think if something else was coming to the village, it would literally be in this tunnel with us. So... I think they're going to be all right. They can put out some fires by themselves. 
They are yeah. good emergency services, I've heard. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to spend <laughs> 10 minutes um, preparing the hut. Um, as a ritual. As a ritual. Yep. So that it doesn't um, use up a spell slot. Um, and again, uh, gather us all up in one spot, toss the crystal bead into the air above me, and a um, purple dome of force will come down around us. Mm. Oh, nice. And yeah. uh, so it, it takes up the entire space of uh, the tunnel where you are. So, I mean, even if something tried to sneak past your hut, it couldn't. So, like, you guys are filling this whole space. Mm hmm. Uh, Trestlespoon has left a nut outside the radius of the uh, enchantment, and out of interest, he picks it up and tries to take it back in to within the shield. And I was wondering if he was able to do that, or if the nut gets caught. Like his um, hand skull? kind of gets stuck. Yeah, trying to pull yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah. On like I'm gonna say, so long as you have your hand fully wrapped around the nut. Uh huh. Yeah. So handful of nut. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna be able to get it into the hut. Okay. Marley suggests tying a string around it to see what would happen if you do that, okay. and then pull the string it or whatever. Yeah, Dresselspoon gets some string and ties it around the nut, and uh, is basically having a massive tug of war with nothing, and it looks like the nut is incredibly nut powerful is and persuasive. <clears throat> Defeated by a nut. Yeah, you can almost see Trestle Spoon like putting his feet on nothing as he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives up I'll... and goes outside and just eats the nut. Yeah. So, I, hate, oh. I hate you, nut. On the inside. Me. On the inside, Marley pulls out this giant looking key, turns it with two hands, reaches inside for something, pulls out what looks like a small wooden keg, puts it on the ground beside her, closes the door again. And then sort of rolls it over real close to Bamfor and says, Dinner? <laughs> I'm always hungry. Well, it's whiskey. Close enough. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and then just sort of backs away, assuming that Bamfor will need to be topped up. <laughs> There's a crunching sound as Bamfor starts chewing through the bottle. Oh, it's a small <laughs> wooden keg. A small wooden keg. Yeah. Just eats it like an apple. <laughs> like one of those like sort of stand there in like a coconut sort of and then <laughs> horrified fascination while just kind of chewing on some rations and kind of just holding some out for um Marley and Tress. Uh Marley pulls out of her backpack her own rations and sort of cheers you with it and then munches on her own. Trestlespoon takes part in all the different rations and enjoys them. For he is a man he of even, camaraderie and community. He even eats some splinters from uh, from the He teeth. does. He does. And then he picks the splinters out of his teeth with some splinters. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the thing about splinters. You get one, you got them all. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, and... Um... And then Molly uh, goes to sleep after polishing her saxophone again. And no, that's so not a euphemism. So to speak. An uneventful night passes, um, and you wake up after what feels like long enough sleep. Um, you have no sunlight or anything to guide you. 
and the uh, hut dissipates, and you're back in this tunnel. I'm gonna I'm gonna head cannon that um, Fadan snuck out and put some nuts right above Tress mm-hmm. before Tress got up, and then went back in, and then allowed the hut to dissipate. <laughs> Trestlespoon is awoken by a small rain shower of nuts, which he finds oddly Trestles- delightful. Trestlespoon just got woken up by Fadan's nuts in his face. <laughs> That's right. Marley wakes up, recognizes this. Air high fives or high fives for Dan. Um, and then um, gets up, ready to go see Foxworthy, and then remembers Foxworthy isn't a thing and gets a bit sad. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> Down the tunnel, folks. Fadan's mm-hmm. going to clang around with his um, book for a little bit, but then, yep, start the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you guys start up torches, etc. Everything again. Alright. I'm going to assume my other torches have burned down. So yep, I still have a couple. So uh, starting up another torch. Point looks like a walking watchtower. He's got about uh, four of his remaining eight torches strapped to his body, um, and is sort of just like a glowing, moving tower. <laughs> okay. Um, so you guys walk um, for about uh, maybe four hours, and you're starting to feel the need oh, for maybe shit. maybe like a short rest. Um, shit. That's a long. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and a shit. <laughs> <laughs> how Go deep have we gone into this tunnel? How, how many uh, uh, kilometers do you think? I have no idea. It's just like basically like a day and a half of walking so far. Endless. <laughs> all in all. Um, but you start to notice um, that now there in the walls are like veins of orange glowing like like amber colored um, veins of light almost like um, maybe lava inside the walls can I, can I roll like a nature check or something to see what I know about them sure same here I got a 14 okay Natural twenty. Mm. Nah. Dang. Um. Yes, Marley. You can just recognise it as um, suggesting that you're near some kind of volcanic activity. And I go, "Hey, look! Looks like we're near some sort of volcanic activity." And then I say that to Fadan. And what does Fadan say to me? And, and Fadan <laughs> knows the same thing, but he also knows since he grew up in Kirim, uh, and Kirim is a mining town, uh, he knows that some of the mine shafts connect to areas like this that had, do indeed have volcanic activity hmm. we must is be gonna, is... we've been going south for a long time I'm, I'm wondering if we're coming up on some of the mines to the south of the woods um, I know that some of them if you dig deep enough um, start to come across this sort of thing hmm interesting is it getting physically hotter uh, ever so slightly, but like almost imperceptibly. But one thing is that it is getting lighter. <clears throat> so where would we be then, Fadan? Like, and I, I do I have a map? I feel like I have a map. You, uh, you should have a map of Brus, which will tell you where Kiram is. Yeah. So I pull out my map of Brus, and I'm like, so, like, in comparison to this, where are we? Um, I'm. 
I don't know because of this tunnel exactly. Um, but best guess. I'd, I'd say we've we've at least come a long way south, so probably south of the wood, possibly near my hometown, possibly near Karen. Interesting. Okay. I don't. I don't recognize is... this. Like we don't. I've never seen a bullet before. Um, so I don't. I, I'm not used to them attaching to our minds. Okay. It's not quite where we were trying to go, but I guess it's taking us to a different place, and who knows what we might find there. That's exactly where I was trying to go. I just didn't expect to be following monsters down a hole. <laughs> Nor me. Go we all, but then, you know, you're with them for a couple of years, and it's not too bad. Yeah, be surprised what kind of trouble holes can get you into, really. <laughs> I've been in plenty of And tombs. the desire to never stick that a things mind in would be them. Scary. <laughs> right. Um, do you guys continue down this um, tunnel that is get, growing increasingly lighter with these um, with these veins of volcanic activity? Yeah, because even though Marley's yeah, even though Marley's used to being in like underground cellars and stuff, because some of the cider production was under underground in her farm, but she's still not a big fan of being underground for this long. So she would definitely be like power to the light. Can we hear anything? The floor yeah. is uh, remaining somewhat tenuous in the underground world, um, but um, he's just he's just trying to, you know how like. Like if you were, if you were hooked on heroin, you'd walk into a police station if you thought you'd get some heroin there. He's just hoping there's something to fight down here. Yeah. 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 Um, Fair. Tris, uh, Tris spoon roll perception if you want to find out if you hear anything down here. Fifteen. Um, you can hear um what sounds like echoing from very very far away. Um like uh, the sound of like clinking armor or something like metal on metal like but it sounds extremely faint and like you're hearing an echo of an echo of an echo Trestlespoon and his obliviousness is finally starting to put two and two together and realizing that he may be coming upon some uh, mining yeah. gnomes Sorry. and perhaps even dear squaffle squad and he Come. uh persists in walking towards the light figuratively and literally um okay yeah so the um yeah the tunnel gets yeah continues to get brighter and brighter to the point where now banfor can actually fully see uh and like the walls and ceiling of this tunnel are like rich with veins and it no longer feels like it's a boulette dug tunnel um this looks like it is like a natural formation now so maybe the boulette um, that created what you were walking in before. Maybe it came out of this area. Uh, maybe it started here. Maybe it finished here. Maybe this connected with its path. You don't know, but it's certainly not the Boulette Tunnel anymore. Now it's a natural formation. Hmm. Uh, Bamford um, douses his uh, his his uh, flaming torches. Okay. Hey, Trace says the sneaky one. Do you want to? Have a look, see what you can see. Oh, shall up I there. go up 
go up ahead. I, like, just give, give, give a look and, and, and let's see if it's safe for us to stick our nose out of the tunnel. I'll have a stealthy little poke around, shall I? Maybe do it from the roof. No one would expect to see you up there. Oh, no one expects a gnome on a roof. <laughs> Strasselstern immediately goes on the roof and sprints <clears throat> stealthily towards the light. Um, okay, since you're using your spider climb bo- uh, boots, they blow. Uh, they glow bright blue. Mm-hmm. So you just gave enough. away any any semblance of stealth. Uh-huh. Which would sort of lean over I, to I also rolled a nat one. So be, it, the, the, the roll would make sense. Mm, so it kind of um, that all ties yeah, together so, quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't need to use a roll to use the boots, but yes, to stealth. No, no, he was stealthy. I, I was yeah. stealthily. Yeah, you absolutely are not stealthy in the slightest. What, um, what, have I, what have I the blue boots? And I was running through the roof, and I rolled a nat 20. What would, what would be the protocol there? Well, maybe people just don't see a light on the ceiling. That's right. Because they're not... Yeah. Yeah. A big one. In a very um, savvy fashion, you place your blue light <laughs> exactly where the red light is. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then it looks like the cops have turned up. <clears throat> yeah. So you start running on the ceiling of this um, tunnel, and it op- it actually opens up um, into a very large, like very very tall, um, long and tall cavern, um, sort of like a, a gigantic, like hall, like a grand hall, but uh-huh. of absolutely monstrous proportions. Like think of like a, a king and queen's. Uh, like throne room but if the people if the king himself was you know like 20 feet tall is it deserted there appears to be no one in this long cavern at the moment but there are lots of little like normal human size like six or seven foot um like doorways like thousands of doorways on this each on either side of this room huh uh trestle spoon takes us all in and uh runs back to the crew um, yeah, the doorways the doorways don't have doors in them they're just like archways okay so they just open out it's uh open plan yeah um, so it's like a giant cavern with like a thousand archways down either side of it okay <clears throat> uh, uh g- g- guys it's it's pr- pretty Im- impressive in there it's just, uh it's very uh big but uh Open plan. Uh, it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely Living space. Living flows on beautifully. <laughs> that's re- that's right. <coughs> I would love to have a three course meal in there, but uh, it it looks like it's inhabited by uh, many small people and maybe a big person uh, as well. Thoughts? Okay. Well, you're saying no one's there. It looked pre- it looked pretty uh, empty to me. All right. Well, I guess I want to... Was there I any wanna... mining equipment? Was there any mining equipment? Uh, there was... Yeah, you didn't see anything in the room apart from the room itself and the archways. Okay. okay. Could, no, it was just the, think... uh, the open plan uh, uh, space. Uh, it was a minimalist uh, look, so it was uh, okay. pretty sparse. So Marley walks up there tr- not not trying to be loud or anything but just walks up there and is tr- looking for tracks again some kind of something she can follow yeah so Other, do you walk like, out in, into the cavern yeah okay yeah so you walk out and you see like the grand scope of um of that just roll a I'm perception like, check yeah i'm like whoa tris you weren't kidding uh, that would be a 14 
Okay. Um, yeah, you get a good look around uh, just from your vantage point, and um, you can ascertain that the you know there's like scuffed dirt and things around outside each of these archways, and so these obviously creatures come and go through these doors. I am. And you can also see like a, a what you you see something Trestle Spoon didn't just because he was up on the ceiling. He might not have looked here. Is off to your right. There's also like a um, uh, like a dark tunnel that looks like it's not really part of this formation like it's like it doesn't fit right. does it not fit because it's dark it's, it's are you not, getting oh, are yeah, you getting yeah, racist yeah. <laughs> yeah like like a dark like a dark yes exactly it, it is like a dark crack in the wall sort of mm. are you are you calling the wall a cracker I walk over and I say, "What's cracker lacking?" Uh, the, the crack is a mimic, and it eats you. You're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was kind of waiting for the rest of the party to join me. Alright, Padam's gonna join. come up and stay a little bit closer to the door than than you've come out of, um, and take a bit of a look around the cavern. Do I also notice that dark area? Uh, yeah, now that you know uh, Marley's in the room and you guys are taking the time to look around, yes, you can you can all see it. I, I would have pointed it out as well. And bumps for Dan fully into the room, um, <laughs> and sort of just joshes him along the way, uh, and just sort of starts striding towards the end of the room, or at least the center. Does that okay, is so that yeah, term the, offensive to you, Josh? <clears throat> what term? Joshing. Joshing. No, no, it's accurate. Okay. Fair. Um, okay, so Josh ban- does is joshing. Yeah, so <laughs> Banfor, right. um, this this room is like huge. We're talking hundreds of meters long. Um, so, like, do you just walk quite far into it, or do you try and go to the middle, like, walk way away from the party? I just start walking down, sort of uh, looking about and trying to observe anything that I might be able to eat, kill, or fuck. As you walk, you can ascertain there there might be things to eat, kill, or fuck. Um, in these archways on either side, but it's just a matter of finding, just having a look and finding something, I suppose. If you're looking for something to eat, eat kill or fuck. Uh, um, Bevel's not particularly observing; he's just sort of uh, walking along. Imagine if uh, nonchalant whistling was a mode of transport. Uh, <laughs> he's not whistling, yeah. but that's sort of the sort of strolling through, waiting for something to happen, sauntering. Mm. Yeah, saunter is the perfect word. Mm. Sort of between a saunter and a trudge, kind of like a, a slightly, um, like a downcast saunter. Okay, mm. I get it. To trudge. Hopefully the listener does long... too. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking for tracks that are humanoid because I'm figuring wherever the captives are going because this is like, like this is looking like a gnomish kind of thing mm. but wherever the the people that are in charge are going is where we want to be so i'm not looking for gnome prints i'm looking for humanoid prints which should be out of place right yeah. okay um you can see there's like disturbed dirt on the ground of this cavern everywhere so there's like constant comings and goings all over the place it's impossible to like isolate any given track okay um, there's, one... there's even 
there's even some going in and out of this crack in the wall over to your right as well. So, like, there's feet have gone everywhere in this room. Okay. Trestlespoon goes over to the crack in the wall and peers into it um, and tries to see anything. Okay. Um, yeah, you can just see rock with your um, with your dark vision. You can just see like rock. Um, it's narrow. You could like squeeze through it, like a, a, a human or a gnome or in, another humanoid type race could squeeze through it and presumably end up somewhere. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do, hey, guys? Uh, it, it's a bit overwhelming. There's a lot of choice, uh, but I, I personally uh, am a fan of the crack in the wall. Thoughts? Well, I mean, it is uh, the only thing that's different. It's the only thing that's not going to uh, go into a cr- crazy mining maze. Ma- um, a crazy mining maze. Um, uh, Fadan's going to just... walk up to the crack in the wall and hold... He's still got a torch lit and um, hold it up to the crack in the wall and just see if there's air blowing in or out of it. Uh, yes, there is a very light breeze blowing out of it. Uh, Bamfor sort of huffs and goes, Crack it is, Zen! And takes off through the crack. Hooray! Trestlespoon goes through the crack. Okay, um, yep, so you squeeze and like shuffle yourself um, through this crack in the rock. And after only about maybe 30 feet of squeezing and shuffling, you emerge in what is very obviously a mineshaft of like human-sized proportions with, you know, it's held up with wooden beams and there is a rail going through it, presumably for minecarts. I haven't gone through the crack yet, so I'm yelling through it. Is it okay? Can I come through? Seems, seems fine, I think. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. And I go. Hey! Yeah, it normally happens that quick. Yep. When someone's in the crack, am I right? Yeah. Cool. So Fadan's going to follow Marley in as well. Okay. You're going to follow me into the crack? Yes. I'm going to turn around to you and be like, what's cracker lacking? (laughs) So, torch. Marley, (laughs) you emerge. Uh, next to Trestlespoon in the mineshaft and you obviously um, you, you know you know exactly what it is straight away and then Fadan you emerge very shortly after and you with your local knowledge you can ascertain that there's probably um, if you turn right you can probably eventually reach Kerim uh, and if you turn left you're probably you're just going deeper into the, the Kerim mines guys um, this is this is one of the mines from my village uh I'm pretty sick of being underground, and this way's up um, to Karim. So, do you want to go that way? Because um, that way's down into downness. Okay. Uh, I'm all for um, up. I like up. Okay, and Banfor, um, who has not gone through the crack, um, uh, what are you doing? Uh, so everybody else has gone through the crack. Yeah. Therefore follows through the crack. Um, okay. And at this point is a bit listless. Um, the adrenaline's burned off. The bloodlust is burned off. And he's sort of just, he's had a bit of whiskey and he sort of reverted to his 
to his laissez-faire murderous self. Like, I mean, I guess I'll kill something if it pops up, but I'm not, you know. Mm. I'm not driven to murder at this point, but, I mean, if it comes up, I guess. Um, <laughs> as, as you as you take one step, like, as you start to wedge yourself... Sorry, Banpool is just talking to a cat. Sorry, uh, talking to my cat. A cat that isn't there. <laughs> as, as you start to wedge yourself into the crack... Uh, you hear a very loud, like, yelling, roaring type of sound. Go away, cat. Sorry, it's trying to... It, so she has this thing where she tries to climb the door jam um, all, all the way up, and the door jam's six foot six, and she's not. Um, <laughs> and she gets very angry when she can't. When, when she can't? When she cannot. Can't. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm drinking a half bottle of whiskey. I'm doing well for me. Sorry, what was that? Okay. Banfor, as you start to squeeze yourself into this crack, so, like, you've just wedged your, like, left side into it, you hear a very loud, like, roaring, yelling sound at the other end of this chamber that you're in, and it, like, echoes enough to, like, rumble the entire... What I'm leaving. As you're leaving, yeah. Banfor stops where he is and pokes his head back out to see what it is and if he can kill it. Um, you can see um, very, 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 very far away from you. Um, you can't see very clearly, but there is something very big, like almost sort of shrouded in darkness because of its distance from you. How very big does it seem? Um, at least uh, 20 to 30 feet tall. I don't have dark sight, so no. But Banfor... this this room is quite well lit because of the the veins of of lava. Uh, Banfor calls through the hole. Through the hole. Hey guys, come and have a look at this. What? What is it? It's very. It's very big. Well, it we, doesn't we sound good, Banfor. It's shouting a lot. What's it shouting? Oh, it seems like it wants to murder us all. Oh That's god, gonna... you're gonna go attack it, aren't you? I mean, I'm feeling the itch. Do you want to have a look, or do you want to just... Yeah, I'll come have a look. Yeah. Trussell Spoon, right, uh... Marley, through to get a I was gonna say, Marley was sighing and returning to the crack. Does Trussell Spoon, like, run through her legs or something? Yeah. <laughs> He uh, was sort of eyeing it up like a pro golfer, like like somebody who's just hit the pro circuit looks at a hole that he knows he can't get. Over my he shoulder. He knows that he's going to fail, but he's very cautiously like, what if that one percent works out? Yeah. <laughs> Over my shoulder, I say to Vidan, uh, he won't be happy unless we all go have a look. Russell Spoon uh, runs up Bamfor uh, onto his shoulder and calls out in Gnomish. Hello there! Okay, that sound echoes through this chamber, um, just like the echo just moves away from you, um, and you can almost feel when it hits this creature, like the sound waves, just the way this room reverberates, and then... Um, you hear like the sound of like 
metal grinding metal like clinking armor and then you hear a roar in response and then very heavy footsteps coming your way and then out of the darkness comes what is very obviously a fire giant which is a 30 foot tall humanoid with like very heavy armor um, bright orange hair and carrying a huge great sword the size of a house Trestlespoon calls out in the common tongue uh, hello there but he's a little more <laughs> doubtful this time it just roars back at you again was it a uh, cordial response it's, it's, it's the exact opposite of cordial hostile hmm. what do you guys do uh, am I in the room sorry you tell me I've probably made it through the crack by now Okay, then, yep, as you emerge from the crack, Marley, you um, you see this thing. It actually stops its run, like it's considering what it's going to do, rather than just being, like, doing a mad dash at you. Um, and then it sort of reaches to the side and just grabs a chunk of the wall from by, like, grabbing um, the space between two archways. It sort of, like, rips two archways apart until it has basically a rock in its hand. Um. And... And it moves the rock in your direction. Marley says, holy shit, and tries to duck the rock. Uh, Banfor says, fuck that noise, let's scarper, and takes off through the crack. And I I get a nat 20 to dodge. Okay, the rock doesn't make it anywhere near you, because this thing was like hundreds and hundreds of feet away. But it does land um, with a very solid thud. Them, and like shakes the entire room and it makes you go like oh fuck yeah okay. Banfor's already hightailing it through the crack Dresselspoon follows and apologises uh, for <laughs> thinking the world was a better place uh. and Molly's still on the other side going seriously guys we're not going to deal to this thing it reaches to the other side of the room and like grabs another rock from between two other archways and it, it's now armed ready to throw Banfall's uh, gone from the room. Fadan's not in the room. Trestlespoon's running out of the room. Okay, Trestlespoon's back, squeezing through the crack, and Marley is standing steadfast. <laughs> Fadan never went through the crack and is now asking them what they saw. Uh, Banfall just says, It's hands! They're too big! <laughs> real, real big hands! Fadan's gonna. Pre- nod sagely and sort of pretend to know what they're talking about and then ask where Marley is. Dead, probably. She's trying <laughs> she's to fight the She's fucker. gone, mate. <laughs> it was so big. Oh, oh. Eulogy time. I... Fair dinkum. <laughs> Fair dinkum, that thing was huge. I, uh... I call through the crack. Um... Like... Uh, this thing is a giant, but I thought we could take down anything together. You guys are pussies, and you should get your asses back here. The world needs protecting from this thing, and we are the Apple Squad, and this is what we do. Another rock, thud, lands in the cavern and shakes the whole room. Uh, Apple shouting back says, Fire giants, it's fucking plural. <laughs> Trestlespoon is pointing to Fadan which way to go is is up and is happily abandoning Marley and her speech. <laughs> Marley wants to roll Marley wants to roll persuasion. 
persuasion um, on roll that she can my party. Take it. To, 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 I just um, want them to think Okay, you can, try, you can try and persuade them, but they will have a chance to wisdom save against it. Yeah. Because we're not do that. Ah, oh, it's only a fourteen. Uh, uh, you're in for a good chance. Oh, net one. Uh, I rolled a ten, so nine. Therefore, comes charging back out through the crack, <laughs> filling Harley in the fray. I'm not in the fray yet. I'm just. Looking at these rocks hitting the floor, essentially yeah. just standing Bamford there. rejoins Marley, his axe, sword, and shield available, and essentially looks at her, thinking, and probably saying, I regret, what do we do, Chief? Trestlespoon got that persuaded. <laughs> yeah, Trestlespoon <laughs> runs back into the room. He goes, on second thought, that was... A pretty persuasive uh, speech there. So it took a second for me the the thing, but those were good. Those were powerful words. We can't uh, handle the truth. It's true. Yeah, that's true. We apologize. Molly would like to have another look at because they assumedly they're getting closer, right? So now um, what can I say? It's actually it's actually standing at a distance of about three hundred feet away from you. It's like it's assessing you and just like throwing rocks to keep you at bay for now. Yeah, cool. Okay, so can I roll, like, an edge chip? Can I, like, find out what I know about it? Like, see if it's, I know of any, like, weaknesses or I know of any, you know, that kind of stuff? Yep. I don't know what that is, but... Oh, well, it's not great anyway. It's a fucking six. Uh, yeah, you don't know jack shit about fire giants. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know they were a thing until you went on this quest. Yeah. That's probably why I think I can take it. <laughs> Kadan's going to be persuaded by the argument that um, people need protecting from this because it connects to one of his town's mine shafts and um, come back out of the crack looking a bit shamefaced and then hey. be really, really shocked that there's a gigantic fire giant there. I love uh, just this image that I have in my mind of like the, the artistic shot of the camera behind the four of you standing in a line looking at your backs and you can see this fire giant in the distance and you're all staring it down uh, that to me that to me is a wicked visual so um uh irene if you want to have a go at that that sounds awesome yeah um molly's just like staring at it and going town that's protecting let's do this guys and draws crossbow and is ready to go Okay, roll. cracks his neck and says, Well, fuck. Might as well, then. Roll initiative, guys, against a fucking fire giant. (laughs) Hey, Oliver Scripps said he wanted fights. Marley is making it happen. If it kills us or not. Because he knew he couldn't win it. Uh, 13. Me too. Nat 1. Good start. What's your initiative there? Oh. Four. My bad. It's much better. You might beat the giant, you see. Um, Who knows? Um, yeah, it's Trestlespoon, Marley, Giant, Fadan. Oh, sorry. No. Trestlespoon, Other Marley, way and that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, it was high, though. Okay. 
Marley, Kraff, at a distance of about 300 feet from this fire giant, you are first to act. Okay, cool. So, to start with, I do Hunter's Mark, because that's my new thing! Yay! Can I do it yet? No, I have to run towards it a little bit, because it's 90 foot. Okay, yeah, so you can't do this probably for another few turns. Oh, how far away is this thing? 300 feet. Oh, 300! Okay, yeah, yeah, nah. So I just... I just take off running towards it. Okay, so you, you use your whole turn to dash to close 60 yeah. feet? so like okay. 60 foot, yeah. Yep, sweet. Banfall? Uh, following right behind Marley, uh, although I think that I can actually move further than her, so I move, uh, I think, 30 feet in front of her. Yeah, so you can um, use your action, your move, and your bonus because of your totem of the bull to do oh, yeah. um, 30 feet each time, so you can go 90. So I'm, I'm, uh, what did she, so 30, what did she move, 30 or? She went 60. I went she, 60 because so I moved front. and dashed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the fire giant is going to help you out there and uh, charge at you. He gets 60 feet closer. By the way, guys, I uh, googled fire giant fifth edition and don't google it i don't want to know i don't want to know i don't want to know i don't google anything i don't know nothing's happened we're all okay (laughs) i don't want to know i want to make everything for the first time in bed so terrible um okay uh what do you do for your first turn cool um fadan is going to dash up with um actually um, Fadan is going to run 30 feet forward, um, pull out a small bottle of what looks like probably not very good alcohol, um, and drink it. Um, when he does, he's going to sort of shudder and exhale. Um, a little bit of mist is going to settle around his chest, forming a facility of ribs, and he will gain some temporary hit points. So you got like a rib armor around you. Yeah, but it's just, you know, I, I have temporary hit points, but I might as well give it some flavor. Sweet. I love it. So you only moved 30 feet. Okay. Trestle? How high is the ceiling? Um, it's about uh, 80 feet high. Trestle Spoon uh, starts running vertically up the ceiling to deceive the beast. Nice. <laughs> I like this. Um, yep, so you get to the wall, and then, get prob- then probably about 30 feet up the wall. Okay, alright. <laughs> yep, and we're back around to Marley. Cool, and still running full speed. Um, okay, with my bonus action, I'm just gonna Bardic Inspiration Bam 4. Okay. Cool, sing him a little song. Hey. I... I say, uh, in following with good old bardic inspiration, songs of the past, it's, I'm gonna inspire you, cause I made you run towards a fire giant, then I feel responsible, so I'm gonna sing the song, have a 1d6. (laughs) Thank you. I I need a d6. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Thank you. The fire giant is going to roar and sort of like lower its head 
and charge at you, 60 feet closer. Okay. So now it it's is... It's within 60 foot of me. Uh, yep, it's 60 feet from you. It is... Um, oh, so Banfor didn't act. Sorry. Uh, Banfor... Uh, how close is it to Banfor when it he's... Wa- it, it, before it takes its turn, it's 150 from you. So I'm outside of action range, so I continue my charge by, I guess, then 90 feet. Okay. Cool. 90. Great. And that means on its turn, it's going to close the distance entirely and run and attack you. Wonderful. What a charge. Yeah, so this is just this group running towards this thing and this thing running towards the group and two trains are about to collide. I kind of like it visually. Um, and it's going to uh, 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 take two big swings of its monstrous greatsword. It really fits the picture I just sent in the chat of what's running towards us. Yeah. Um, mechanical question. Oliver, uh, Oliver has Banfor armed his shield? Yes. Okay. Uh, earlier he said that he loves pancakes. Okay, so... I think that I the... said that um, his, he returned to Mali out of the crack with his uh, shield ready. Yeah, shield forward. ready. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That was yeah. canon. Okay, so the it takes two big swings with its greatsword. The first one um, clangs off of your shield and Thank it just God. sort of like ricochets Woo! but the second the second one swings back the other way and gets ya um four well now 29 slashing damage shit my tits alright and you get and you get like swept aside by it so you just get knocked like 10 feet of, 10 feet aside man I really should have entered a rage hey and that's the end, end of the, of the episode. With Banfor going, all... I really should have been to the rage. You're all going to die. What an anticlimax. Yep. That's the opposite of an anticlimax. Yeah, it's a massive it's climax. It's the ultimate climax so far. Climax, climax. The ultimate climax. You guys climax so hard you froze on my screen. Brad has never come so hard. This is the kind of this is the kind of challenge that would give Banfor a solid, solid semi chub. Yeah, like a solid yeah. inch and a half. Well, that's no, inch and a half is full blown, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop recording. Okay, are you freaking kidding me? Even Banfor wanted to run away from that thing. What the hell did Marley just do? I mean, I guess, what the hell did I just do, seeing as I'm Marley? Oh god, stay tuned for the next episode to hear how the squatter dies, I guess? The role-playing podcast community is bursting with awesome, welcoming people who share and promote each other's work. Last week we gave you a sneak peek at our friends from the I Rolled a Four podcast, but this week, here's a show we've talked about quite a lot already, Wheel or Woe. 
Come on down to the Nine Hells, ran by your favorite blood-boiling demon sorcerer, Sabuk Shimuko, where we've got deals on your favorite cocktails, the Sabuk Sangre, Eshes Ashes, and everybody's one and only favorite, the Anisetative. So it's a rash that won't go away? Yeah, yeah, no, I think I have something for that. One second here. Hey, I'm Aniset, and welcome to From Ash to Cash, where we carry elixirs, potions, and all your alchemical needs. What are you looking for today? Hey, I'm Mona. Thanks for stopping by. I uh, gotta get back to training the girls. We're working on unarmed strikes today. But uh, come back later this week for the grand opening of the Nine Bells Brothel Dojo. May Lister bless your seed. Follow their adventures through Malak, the city of sales, on this Pathfinder playtest podcast that we call Wheel or Woe. Two fresh new verses dropping every Thursday afternoon. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Fateavizen or drop us an email, Fateavizen at gmail.com. We absolutely love hearing from you and um, we need your good wishes just in case uh, for the next one. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but also kind of not. Okay, bye. <laughs>